0: Seen that? Hello and welcome back to the long awaited latest episode of How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That. Uh, my name is Emma. I'm here to host you today uh, with some of the rest of the fan critical crew. Uh, we have Len. Say hello, Len. Do
1: I have to say hello? Yeah, okay, I will. Hey, hello. Yeah, have to say hello. How are you doing? And Lucy. Yeah, ordered. Hello.
0: Uh, so if you have not tuned in to How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That or Hutter for Hunster, Uh, Before the premise is very simple, we dig into our closets of shame and reveal the films that we should have seen, definitely have pretended to have seen, uh, but haven't. Make that person watch that film and then talk about it for forty-five minutes uh, with some some humour.
1: And you would think that there can't be that many of them because it's actually ridiculous. But there are. But there actually is. So we've been doing this. Yeah. We've been doing this since We've all of lockdown. We've been doing this for a year Yeah, now. and Jesus, yeah. I will say that the other day I was in the process of redesigning our website. You can go see that at www.fancritical.com. Go check it out. It looks very swanky, um, if I do say so myself. But uh, I was <laughs> in the process of listing all of our episodes on there and it took me ages because there's so many, like... Um, So yeah, check those episodes out. There's some crazy ones in there. This one's pretty crazy. Um, It's a slog. But it's pretty crazy.
0: Oh, I have to say, uh, I have a surprise for you all in that looking up the Rotten Tomatoes reviews on this, I suddenly spotted a film that I've definitely never seen, but oh, that definitely should have done. Uh, so wait for the end for that. But Add it, to the list. It, is, it is time, without further ado, I shall reveal the film today that has not been seen. Uh, it is the 1979 Marathon Francis Ford Coppola film Apocalypse Now. And uh, Lucy, how the fuck have you not seen that?
1: How the fuck have you not seen that?
0: Um I know. I mean, considering Rotten Tomatoes, 98% fresh.
1: Wow. So that is it, that is hard. Solid.
0: That is insane. and actually what I've written in my notes here, the terrible prep, is eight hundred and ninety-five percent audience score. Uh what? so it's not, it's ninety four percent. Right. Yeah, I mistype there. Uh, but but I'll read I'll read your summary before we actually get into the shame of Lucy. So yeah. uh, for those of you who've not seen Apocalypse Now, uh it is described as thus. In Vietnam in 1970, Captain Willard, played by Martin Sheen, takes a perilous and increasingly hallucinatory journey upriver to find and terminate Colonel Kurtz, played by Marlon Brando. We'll talk about that later. A once promising officer who has reportedly gone completely mad in the company of a Navy patrol boat filled with street smart kids, a surfing obsessed air cavalry officer, Robert Duval. And a crazed freelance photographer, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Willard travels further and further into the heart of darkness. Uh, I mean, listen to that summary. Have you not seen this, Lucy? What? What? What's the crack? I don't know. I
1: always
2: never know why I haven't seen films. But what I will say is that I have started this film. Before. Oh God! Yeah. Um, and i It's just not a film that I've sought out. I've I've known that it's obviously supposed to be very good. I it's been on TV and I'm like oh Apocalypse now I'll start that but it's on at like half 10 and then I just have never finished it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's funny because I'm always think I always used to think that I loved like the Vietnam war films. I actually haven't seen that many of them. So I think probably what what I like is like platoon and the bit in Forrest Gump where he goes to Vietnam. Like there's not actually that <laughs> many of them that I've seen.
1: Have you seen We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson?
2: No, that sounds shit. I've never even heard of that so don't add that to the list. No, um, no. But I did actually. Have you seen Full
1: Metal Jacket? No. Okay. Well, just I mean we're not doing those that again. That can be we're staying away the list, from I the think. Vietnam War for a little while. But let's just for say a bit, yeah. keep keep those on the back burner. Let it burner. breathe. Yeah, let it breathe.
2: Um, I have actually at uni we had to read Heart of Darkness, which mm-hmm. is the novella that this was based on. Good um, old Joseph Conrad. Yeah. Bit of I mean yeah that book is interesting in its own right Mm. but yeah I don't know why I haven't really seen it and I think it's just something because it is quite long and obviously comes attached with a reputation I've never sought it out um to watch Braveheart oh yeah I've just never had any you just hate
1: Mel Gibson that's all I'm getting from this you haven't seen Um... We Were Soldiers you haven't seen Braveheart you probably haven't seen. I like
2: Mel Gibson in The Simpsons. He's pretty good in that. But yeah, I'm not like. <laughs> or in South Park, big... he's hilarious. So. And I like the film Signs as well. Oh, This
1: good is film. not about Mel Gibson good for film.
2: once.
0: For no. once, this is a podcast. Not about Mel Gibson. Not about Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. It's about Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Well, before before we hear. Your experience of then watching it and your thoughts, Lucy. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to move to Len. Mm. Uh, Len. Len, tell us about your, your experience of Apocalypse Now, uh, y- your thoughts about the film and, uh, and your Blueberry score.
1: Um, so I remember watching this film just when I was studying um, TV and film, which is what I what I work in. And uh, I remember I, I've been studying it since I was quite young. I'd say like, I don't know, 13, 14. I always knew it was something I wanted to do. So I chose courses that you know, had that sort of um, element to them. And I remember towards the end of high school, I guess would be the equivalent um, way of describing it for Australian and American listeners. I watched this film and wrote some words on it. Um, and I have not watched it since that time. So my memory of it is, you know, completely shot until today uh, when I watched it again. And... Uh, I remember thinking at the time, this is really impressive, but I was probably just looking at it from a sort of very analytical student kind of way. Um, Mm. This is, it is a great film. Let's not beat around the bush. Like some of the stuff in this film is amazing. Um, Some of the acting, the general descent into madness um, is very off-putting. And like... I don't know it just makes me feel all hazy when I watch this film like my mind goes sort of yeah. with it um uh the lighting is incredible like and the general sort of scenes and sort of just visuals that this film has uh still to this day compared to any compared to any other sort of uh war film that I can think of have just such iconic imagery implanted into my brain like the flat, the color from the flares the way that the ceiling fan mm. is lit and the half light on you know people's faces especially um colonel kurtz or could whatever he's called at the end um cats yeah colonel kurtz <laughs> colonel kurtz
0: this is this this isn't inglorious bastards
1: yeah i was just thinking that um <laughs> So, there's loads of things to really like about this film from an analytical point of view, however, I've talked about this many times when we do these podcasts because sometimes it's lovely sitting down on a Sunday and watching a film, and we did train spotting last time, and I hadn't seen that and it it was not an enjoyable time for me it It just wasn't. I was really hungover. I'd had my tuna sandwich, which everyone thinks is mental to have that on a hangover again wrong but that's my hangover food, yeah today. I was extremely shattered because um, I knew it was going to be a slog. It's the, the, the version I watched was Redux, so it's two hours 36, I think. So I'd been putting off watching it again because I was like, oh, I'll have time to do it. But then, you know, England are playing in the the soccer Euros at the moment. Uh, Football to us English people. Yeah, well... soccer you are. I have to say soccer because, A, American listeners, B, living in Australia, they have a different term for football, so, like the Americans do. But, uh, so, to do that, to watch that, I had to get really early, and then I had to play soccer slash football today, so I'm, I was knackered when I watched this, uh, and it proved to be a very big slog. However, I really did enjoy it, um, but... My my memory of it is kind of kind of just glossed over by the you know, the way that I used to like like even when I talked about analysing this film and just some of the things that are incredible, you know, my partner came in and, and, and watched a bit of it, just sat down on the couch, so what is going on? And this was the bit with like the monologues with with, with Colonel Kurtz towards the end. He's oh, fucking batshit crazy and the dialogue's all over the place. It is
0: absolutely and most of bonkers.
1: That... Yeah.
0: Most of that is unscripted as well because Marlon Brando, I mean, mental. I'll come to that when I talk to you about it. It's
1: absolutely insane. Uh, The last 40 minutes feel like a blur. I don't know if I was asleep or like (laughs) half asleep watching this on my couch. Uh, I'm going to give the film a five because I think technically it's incredible. I, 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 you know, compared to other Vietnam films that I've seen, like Lucy, you mentioned Platoon. I mean, that film's trash compared to this. Um, just in terms of just just everything about it. Like, I get this film is meant to be surreal, but the imagery, the acting, and just 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 the vision in this film is so much more powerful. Um, it's a five. It is probably the best film centered around the Vietnam War that I can think of. It reminds me a lot of Kubrick, um, in the way that it is. Uh, you know, it feels fit like the the music, the synth. Um, but also bringing in those you know tracks from the seventies, uh, which are very iconic. Riders of the Va- Valkyries. The doors. Yeah, I mean, but it's that idea. If you'd actually listen to the soundtrack, it feels very post-apocalyptic. And I know it's called apocalypse now, but it feels Blade runnery. It feels like this is mm. a different world and a bit alien. And for me, that's why it gets a five. You know, did I enjoy my time watching it today? Sort of sort of would i recommend to anyone watching it a third time definitely not um once again it's one of those films that you kind of watch maybe come back to once every 10 years but really appreciate for it for what it is and what it achieved at the time you know 1979 that's crazy to me you know it's based on events that happened you know eight years prior essentially so it's fascinating how close in proximity it is to that event, and also how visually stunning it is for that time that it was made. So five from me, and that's that's my review. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Len. Um, I'll go next because obviously we'll we'll save the save the, the reveal and the best for last with Lucy. Um, my, my experience actually, it, it, Len, is similar to yours. So I uh not. TV and film, but uh, English I studied oh, at university, uh, predominantly linguistics, um, but I did do uh, a certain amount of, of literature as well. And I'm, I'm one of those people, as I'm sure you'll all know from listening to the podcast, if I read a book, I like to see the film adaptation of it afterwards. Um, so Lucy, like you, I, I studied Heart of Darkness, um, I think actually at college, so before university so not to confuse the Americans yeah. when I was about end 17. of high school
1: end of high school I think that is
0: yeah end of high school um and that's I think that's when I studied heart of darkness and I, and I watched this film and I was amazed by it because I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it mm. um, and I really like the Joseph Conrad novella um mm. I, I think it's very interesting but the thing I also really like about Apocalypse now is the story around the film so you know all of the the things that happened during filming i mean it took 16 months i think to film in the end um marlon brando essentially was a massive dickhead um the whole way through filming like he originally took like a one million dollar advance for it and then refused to film it hated the script turned up like 40 kilos overweight refused to like do anything that they wanted him to do um and was a bit of a nightmare Mm -hmm. um you know and and it's sad because you know Marlon Brando isn't it you know it's just a shame um, Martin Sheen had a heart attack in the middle of filming like I'm not surprised shit. I'm not surprised no yeah. I'm not but but there is something about it um, that I think I have fond memories of but Len a bit like you I think I rewatched it and went what the f I don't remember any of this happening yeah. but I also watched the final cut which is uh, 3 hours and 17 minutes long yeah, waste so of time, um, slightly yeah well I didn't didn't think about it did I um so I, I went, I went f- whole hog.
1: That it's me, Emma. It's like when people say, and I was always one of these people that thought watching like the Lord of the Rings extended versions would make them, you know, would be like, yeah, I'm a true fan. Cause I've read the books and whatever. You watch the extended versions. like, it makes you appreciate how difficult the editing process is because some mm. stuff in there mm. is absolutely terrible and makes the film look cheesy, tacky, some stuff just doesn't translate very well to the screen and it makes you appreciate how good editing is and how important it is. And that's not I'm not just saying that because it's my profession, <laughs> but I'm saying it because uh, it, it is a skill. It's like and, shameless self-promotion. Yeah, I know. Then. Yeah. If you want to hire me, then do. No, joking, joking. Yeah. I'm fully booked. So don't <laughs> he's not worry joking. About it. He's desperate uh, for work.
0: But <laughs> I, I think I think the final cut, final cut of Apocalypse Now is is interesting. When you so the first time you see it, I don't think you should watch the final cut because there is some weird mental shit in there that just doesn't need to be in there. There's a lot of Marlon Brando talking crap, um, and there's oh, th- yeah. some weird French soldiers at one point. That's very odd. Uh, it's a whole like twenty minutes of them finding them in this like palatial house in in the mountains of Vietnam, playing accordion, first seven three course dinners.
1: The French were their yeah, first it Emma. Just, that's, I that's, mean that
0: that's far fi- that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, is but, it fine?
1: But, it's not but the, fine. But, but the film is <laughs> not in, fine. In, in the
0: context. <laughs> in the context of the film, very None of strange. It's fine. Um, Mm. However, I think going back and watching it a second time knowing or well, probably a third or fourth time actually that I've watched this, um knowing the background and you know all of the drama and the stress of of filming this and all of the things that had happened kind of in and around production. I think it's really interesting to watch the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um and I I enjoyed it to an extent although I did feel a little bit like someone had like dropped a tab of acid in in my coffee. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. everything was a bit mental um but you're right i mean Len, the the thing that's amazing about this film is the cinematography it is it's stunningly put together and it makes you feel like friday night i'm really cool friday night blinds drawn low lighting apocalypse down the telly it was it was quite an experience having said that i don't think it holds up for me personally over time Um, I I remember it being an incredible movie. I don't think I ever would have given it five bloop. Um, But actually It's a five blue. I think But yeah, go on. (laughs) This is a democracy. Sorry, Not a lentatorship. Lentatorship. Um, And so I've been back and forth uh, since last night trying to think about what what I would give this. And actually I think it probably just pips itself to a four bloop film now. um, Because not because of the French accordion player. That, for me, not great. Um, but but because of the place it holds in cinema cinema history, yeah. I suppose. Um, it did win yeah, an Oscar and, for and cinematography,
1: Emma. did win an Oscar for cinema, yeah. cinematography. So I know. Yeah. I know. Um, so,
0: yeah, I, I, four bloobs. Four bloobs for that. I, I think if... If it wasn't for some of the amazing stuff in it and, you know, the, the performances and the fact that I'm quite fond of it anyway, it might have dropped down to a three. But I'm going to give it a four blue. What? Um, I'm going to give it watched, a four blue.
2: I wonder if you'd watch the, just the sort of cinematic.
1: Two hour um, 30 version. version.
2: How your view would have changed. Probably <laughs> would have enjoyed it more. Just
1: yeah, long, you definitely long, would.
0: Long slog. Um, okay. Lucy, it is now your turn to tell us how you now feel having finally watched the cinema. cinema. cinematic? What? I can't think of the word. cinematic Cin- masterpiece that is Apocalypse now. Well, I
2: don't think it would ever come near three Blueberry because there you go. I think that's that's mad. insane. Um,
1: that's more insane than it- Colonel Kurtz, okay? So yeah, don't go, go saying jungle. that shit.
2: I actually watched this a little while ago um, because we had to reschedule. So it's not like fully fresh in my mind. But taking myself back to when I was watching it, I have to say I was just completely transfixed by it. And I was thinking throughout, like, why haven't you watched this before? Um, Some of the stuff that they film, like Len said, when it was filmed, I genuinely was thinking, how have they done that? How Mm -hmm. have they done that? Like the helicopters all in sync some of the napalming, yeah. like just the special effects. Like I'm not surprised it was an absolute nightmare to film. Um, they're just the visuals, what you're seeing on screen for the time. And none of this is set. None of this is just built on a soundboard. This is like in the jungle, there's a temple, um, the bridges with all the lights, everything, the fucking playboy bunny bit. Like yeah. just the visuals. I was like, this is insane. The music, like Len said, um, I genuinely was watching it and I think like this is a pinnacle of filmmaking really I was just blown away by it really blown away by it um and I was annoyed that I hadn't seen it before because it's very much my kind of film I don't mind a slow film because it was really building to where it was going um oh yeah I just thought it was fantastic I don't think it's perfect it's too I long think, so it's still think, too long
1: it's still too long i don't I you
2: know what i don't think it I, I don't think it's too long and that is someone that feels that most films should be 90 minutes um i think kurtz's character is quite built up and then when you actually i think marlon brando does a fantastic job um but a lot of it is the like the cod philosophy i'm like how i'm not getting much of a vibe of why he's so influential and why he's worshipped as a demigod maybe you get more in one of the other versions um but on the way up, when you're reading his papers, yes. But once you're there, and the stuff he's saying about like humanity and civilization, I'm like mm, this just sounds very much like the ramblings that you of might a madman on the Kingsland Road, yeah. just like trying to impress you, <laughs> talking the, about Nietzsche or whatever.
1: End of the night, you know, you've had yeah. a kebab, you you're on a bit of a come down or something, and and some guys, yeah, is just someone's fucking trying to be philosophical, to
2: philosophical, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's perfect. Um, but, I mean, it's just entered the cultural canon, hasn't it? I mean, I watched an episode of Hey Dougie, which is a kid's show. Listeners out there with kids or people... I love are Hey Dougie. G- ...going to have kids. Very good show. But they did an Apocalypse Now one. They got their uh-huh. river badge. And it went up the river. Right. And Dougie comes out of the water all green. And then it's a big panda who's in the temple. Um oh, this, that's, that's great for I, I, get, I get this now. That's great yeah, for parents. These that's little references. It's, it's obviously not designed for the yeah. children. Hopefully. Um but it's just so iconic. And then watching it and seeing how much more there was, and all the people popping up was like, Harrison Ford. It's a young Harrison Ford. That then... blew
1: my mind, Lucy. I but you know what? He's not even young.
2: That. He's 37 in that film. What? Yeah. I was well, like, it was 1979. So
0: What's he,
1: he doing? He, it? I
2: mean, he is old now. And oh,
1: yeah.
0: Lawrence Fishburne. I was like, is that Lawrence Fishburne? Because
1: it looks that like him, but he looks like he's well. about 12. Do you know
0: what? I did not realise that that was Lawrence Fishburne no. until I was doing some research today. You know, he was he lied about his age. He was fourteen when he filmed that. Wow. How no. mental is that? Yes. Yeah. He looked
2: extremely young to me. Um Dennis Hopper's character, again, I felt like take him out, the film loses nothing. I yeah, didn't think he I didn't think he was mad. He like, was
1: mad. I was yeah, like but he Didn't, this add, guy's didn't crazy. add much. Yeah, but he was another sort of American who was indoctrinated, you know, and that's what was quite interesting because they talk about colby and we'll get into it obviously they talk about colby being yeah. indoctrinated he doesn't really say anything he doesn't say anything and uh, but but you know hopper's character is completely indoctrinated he's just a civilian guy who's like now worships kurt so it, it gives a bit of context it gives some a voice to a disciple of his in a way um that well, was tell it, what,
0: yeah. Loose what what's your blueberries and then we can start talking about some of our favorite scenes and characters i think or notable performances because actually we'll dive into that and then have to come back to your bloobs and you know Uh, structure two blueberries no
2: um five definitely five if any film deserves five then i think it's this i really was very very entranced and impressed by it i have to say
1: lovely amazing great work Lucy
0: well uh, okay lucy a uh, couple of your favorite scenes pick pick one and we'll we'll loop around in a nice little circle OK. favorite scenes from the film one that really had an impact on me was when
2: they get to like the bridge crossing i'm not going i can't remember any of the names um was they're going up the river
1: mm-hmm. there's
2: the bridge it looks like something like the last like crossing some yeah the, some the terrible version of like you know like disneyland pirates of the caribbean when everything looks not quite real um And just no one knows who's in command. Are you in command? There's just this unseen enemy shooting at them. And you think, Mm. yeah, this, these are the gates to hell. We are on our way. This is, and uh, you can imagine that in war when like, who's in command? We don't know. We're just, we're just here. And like Len said, like, what planet are we on at this point? Like, yeah,
1: it feels purgatory. It's
2: surreal. The rules of war have just gone. And it's just, you're just like you said, Len, purgatory just then. You're just stuck here. And then the dog. I was like, if anything happens to that dog, oh, I'm going to kill God. everyone here and then myself because yeah. I would die for that little dog. Uh, yeah, that mm. that scene the when
1: they pull up to that bridge and there's like the fairy lights, and I love a good fairy yeah. light, you know. Um, me but too. But there's all these Who other doesn't? all these other flares going off, and and just the visual of that, and then these soldiers just swimming to the boat, going, "Take me with you. I want to go home. I want to go yeah. home." And yeah. And then they're in the trenches, and everyone's just completely off their face like, just shooting into the darkness and shouting at each other. And you see just these it's explosions. It's like this
2: kind of... Yeah. Someone's shouting something. What are they saying? Like, die Americans. I can't remember what it is, but uh, there's just, like, a voice it's, shouting It's a Viet Cong soldier soldier
1: who's, who's trapped on some barbed wire. And they uh he's shouting like you know you american pigs and stuff like that and then yeah, Roach something. goes over and uses a like a, a thumper grenade launcher and just blows him up i mean it's it's a bizarre scene and it's just it the cinematography there with the fairy lights it's just genius
0: it's amazing i mean yeah. you know god it's knows like a kind of like surreal that. juxtaposition of like party, kind of firework feel crossed with the fear of war, isn't it? And that that juxtaposition is so so surreal. Yeah, because you look at it and you think that could be a bridge in London on New Year's,
2: or when like, you look at it from a distance, know, a beach party, Thailand, like that yeah. kind of thing. And then when you then get when you, there, it's like, oh god, it's hell.
0: It's hell. But it's hell on earth. Purgatory is a great description, and it's an amazing yeah. scene.
1: That's the way they dress the whole film, though. It's these. It's this idea of there was a very fine line between uh, partying uh, and killing and also just war mm. in general. Like it, I, I did study a bit of the Vietnam war. I'm not an expert in it or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination, but it, you get the sense that there were these pockets of, you know, little party hubs, you know, th- you know, where there wasn't much conflict, then there was conflict and it all just descends into chaos. And there's also, you know, stories of people who go through the Vietnam War seeing not much conflict at all. Um, so it's this very weird juxtaposition. However, they travel as they travel up the river towards Cambodia, obviously they're going into enemy territory. There's obviously more chance of conflict. The soldiers there have seen more things and had to experience horrible Mm. things and done things that they don't want to do. You know, a lot of these people didn't want to be there. It's conscription. Mm. It was punishable very seriously in America um, if they weren't there. So that's why you get characters like uh, Clean, who is, you know, very young. Um, And one of my favorite scenes um, which is a horrible scene is when he gets shot and he's playing the tape from oh, his mum yeah, yeah and there's something about that scene which I find very powerful and very sad obviously uh, she's like talking to him he's a young boy um, like you said he was 14 when they filmed this or something and you get the sense that he was conscripted in the film he's obviously been conscripted um, but he might yeah, even I think be- he says he's 17 17 he? yeah he's, you know, he's so young yeah. and you know Um, and at that moment where he's just dead lying there, um, and the tape's still playing, like, I can't wait for us to you to have grand for me to have grandchildren and I can talk to your wife. I'm just like, Jesus, man, this is get heavy because the moment that he gets the crew together that he's going on this secret mission with, they're all so green and they've never really seen conflict and they all go insane in their own ways. Um, um so
0: and i think that's one of the fascinating things about the film is the psychological impact of war on different people and how you know and especially you talk about conscription you know that you were forced you had to go to war that was it you had no choice Mm -hmm. um whether you were 17 or 27 or 37 you know uh if, if you were conscripted to go that was it off you go to wherever um and That that particular scene is is so awful because it's almost you start to see the full breakdown of everybody else there as well. Uh, Everybody just starts to go because because of the way that we feel as an audience watching this poor young kid with his whole life ahead of him. It's just it's tragic.
1: I do find it weird that the only thing I'd say about the film is I do find it weird that. They they give him this special mission, obviously classified top mission. You know, we need to go kill Colonel Kurt. This is a serious mission. This guy's got like an army of followers. Yeah. It's you have to travel all the way to Cambodia. Um, we're gonna give you this these brand new recruits who have no experience, other than Chief, who have no experience in this situation, you know? So that that to me is the only part where I'm like, why that doesn't seem right. They they would have like a special forces situation going on, you know. But um, mm.
2: but I guess it's a, a lot less. It's a lot easier to cover up if everyone's just sort of unknown. If you've got special ops, then maybe more people have to know about it. I don't know. Don't know don't anything know. about the army. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, fair enough. That's so, Yeah, it sounded like uh, <laughs> 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 like you didn't really know what you're talking about. there I was like, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: In the Redux version, do you see the funeral that they give? No, for him.
1: Oh well, we see so that, we see Chief when Chief gets speared in in the Redux version. He gets uh, he gets laid to rest in the river, yeah, in the because river. he river. W- yeah. which is quite symbolic no, for him. So,
0: yeah, I mean that that is so in the in the um, in the Final Cut version. This is a one of the reasons. Just YouTube this scene um, when they um, end up finding the. Uh, kind of camp of slightly insane French people um, yeah. partly soldiers, partly wives and children, it's very odd um, obviously you know, the history of that makes a lot of sense um, they give Clean a, a funeral um, and, a, and a proper military funeral and there is this this bit where they've lowered them, him into the ground and Captain's folding this like burnt raggedy flag as you fold them for a soldier and hands it to Willard and that was just it was so poignant, I think. And that that is a part of it that I suppose you'd have had to have kept in the rest of the scenes, which is like another 15 minutes of yeah. trash. Um, but that I think that scene was really important, that they actually made the effort. Every single one of them, including all the French soldiers, to give him a proper send off. Yeah, send off, a burial, goodbye, oh, nice. and respect his service. That poor kid. Yeah, and actually, you know, if you hadn't have had to have all the background of the rest of it, which was tedious to watch, and just like I felt a bit like I was having a bit of a breakdown watching it. Actually, it was a bit mental. <laughs> um, but that that was really poignant. And again, you know, that when they say goodbye to um, what's his face, and they send him off in the river, what's his yeah. face? Sorry, Chiefs slow like this morning chief um that that is equally poignant um and i think it's important that you see that part of it when the rest of it is all a bit sort of psychedelic mad mm-hmm. yeah and i it, think that yeah. those bits kind of show the human cost of war and it, the film's not really about
2: that with regards to the war it's about sort no. of the personal demons and the descent and what it can do to people but it is it is good to show like yep the soldiers died many of them very young for what? Like, why were they there? And they there didn't want to
1: be point? there. Then they no. saw, you know, and a lot of them, you get a sense in the film that they're kind of indoctrinated to act a certain way by their commanding officers, especially, in, you know, with Kurtz. But then there's also other leadership figures throughout the um, story, like the Rider of the Valkyries guy. Um, you know, they're, they're just being coerced. Like yeah. Yeah, they've been that coerced. Is, that's
2: a great scene as well. Yeah,
1: they've been coerced into this sort of behavior that they didn't even want to be there to do, which essentially sends them mad because like Kurt says, and Kurt says a lot of bollocks, but he's like I he tells the story of uh, the inoculated children um when he went to inoculate kids with polio. Um and how the Viet Cong soldiers found that they had you know, vaccinated these children and then chopped off the arms where they were vaccinated and left a pile of arms on the floor. And he said in that moment, he understood that they are stronger than him because they can do those things, but they are still human beings. And and that sort of is crazy to me. Um, but I, I understand his point. That sounds mad. That makes me sound insane. But it's to do with the fact that, you know. No, I know. That...
2: I get what you mean, though. But with regard to the Viet Cong, yeah. that is quite specific because they knew the terrain. They knew like how to exploit it to their benefits, whereas the Americans were completely just not prepared. And they would do what the Americans wouldn't. And that's how they won. This is the only war that America lost, they say.
1: And that's what sends Kurtz mad. That, that's that's because, what sends him yeah. you know, to the point of insanity because he questions himself as a soldier and then realizes he has to try and be this other character anyway that whole last 45 minutes of ramblings by marlon Rando, jesus man i got lost apart from that story there's I, more there's yeah. more
0: than 45 minutes in the final cut and i can tell you
1: Fuck I, that. I went
2: no yeah the i think up. in the cinematic one it's like he's on screen for about 20 minutes yeah, yeah i will so far, say you it?
1: say he turned up overweight um i think that really helped his character in this film mm. uh, like he seemed I, Im- no, imposing to me he seemed really like imposing and I was like oh god this guy
0: well, I have this weird memory of him being like I texted Lucy this last night like some really massive like Jabba the Hut type like yeah, actually but he wasn't not. he just looked hench he just looked really thick and hench um and imposing
1: there's a couple of moments where you first meet Kurtz right and this is another scene that I really enjoyed. It reminded me of Blade Runner with the lighting. Um, because yeah. mm-hmm. he's sort of half in shadow, half in light. And then at the same time, yeah. he's like washing his bald head with yeah. this water. And he's got his head down. And something about that whole scene, which is obviously bizarre, is beautiful. And it's just the cinematography. And he, and and, and, it, and there's a couple more scenes where he talks and his face just keeps going into darkness, into light, into yeah. darkness, into light. And it's at that point where I'm like, wow, you know, cinematography is incredible. Um,
0: but, it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, it's really powerful because the words he's spouting are absolute drivel um, and they are the ramblings of a madman. Um, but the lighting lighting and this is what the character you know uh captain um what's his name <laughs> Willard. Captain, what's his name you two yeah, come on yeah Get this he's together. seeing this is actually what he's seeing the same thing like this guy coming in and out of light this the powerful presence that he's been curious well, it's about.
0: also reflecting like the and i think from from willard's perspective it's reflecting the I can understand this, you're a fucking madman um, mm. kind of switch that that he's experiencing that, you know, part of him agrees with a lot of what Kurtz is saying and part of him thinks, well, no, you're absolutely nuts. And I think i got to say, you know, I, I said that about Marlon Brando at, at the beginning of, of this, about, you know, all of the controversy around it. I think he fucking nailed Kurtz. Yeah, I, I think he, yeah. he his performance was stunning. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's just screen unbelievable. unbelievable. And you can't, yeah.
2: You just can't argue with it, and it, it's Marlon Brando, you know, from from like on the waterfront to the Godfather. Like, this is a man that can control the the screen. He captures your imagination, irregardless. Yep. Like, you look nowhere but at and sc- him and screen presence, and it doesn't matter what he looks like to me. He he may have been an absolute nightmare, but he's turned up. He's done his twenty minutes of rambling, and yeah, but he's is absolutely job done. And no one else could have done that and made made it seem like he actually believed what he was saying, these, this like nonsense he's spouting. But the story about the arms as well that Len mentioned is mm-hmm. when it really, it's like the clarity hits and you're like, right, I get what you're saying. You've got like some evidence <laughs> of what you're talking about and it's horrific, but that's when the penny sort of drops, I think.
0: Mm. I think um, some of the best scenes in this film are the unscripted stuff. So one of my one of my favourite scenes is right at the beginning when you first meet Willard and he's going mental in his in his mm. room, um and so I didn't know this when I watched it but then having done some research prepping for this he was off his face doing that oh yeah and they he just said just just run the film oh really? um, he was absolutely pissed up at the time Martin Sheen sadly had
1: who hasn't done it Emma like you know we can all admit that we've been in a hotel room pissed naked, punching mirrors and shit. Oh, You know, we've all been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. I do that every other week uh, down at the Travelodge locally. They hate me there. Um, But so Martin Sheen had a really serious drinking problem at the time. And, you know, a lot of the... I spent a long time reading about this this morning, but he talked about how he he felt like it would help him conquer his alcoholism. And so that whole thing is just him absolutely fucking battered. Uh, Him punching the mirror, totally... Um, improv oh, like just punch the mirror which yeah and it was real and and that for me not knowing it when I watched it it was an incredibly powerful thing to watch because you see the damage um, and the kind of descent into madness that he's already on yeah. having spent so much time in that environment and then going back and, and you know that just makes me even more appreciate the performance of Martin Sheen in this film he I yeah. uh, I think him and Brando. well oh, it doesn't sound right when you just say Brando, does it? No. Him and Marlon Brando, equally, on his name, yeah, equally fantastic in this, and and I think Martin Sheen's performance, the whole way through, captured, like fully captured me, my he attention. Cari- if he, he was on screen, a lot and I was watching without it.
2: saying or doing anything, anything really. Yeah. It's those eyes, yeah. in- it's
0: incredibly the, the blue
2: expressive. blue boy in the middle yeah. of the jungle, and yeah.
1: We can't leave the scene section without talking about Ride of the Valkyries because yeah. it is the most iconic, probably if you would say like top 10 most iconic film moments of all time, that would be in there. Put on up, sing it loud, Into the Romeo Fox shall we dance? Um, Ride of the Valkyries, like you said, Lucy, how did they film that? The choppers filming it, uh, you know, going same. in unison onto this beach um, in Vietnam. Um, but what makes it amazing is that you
0: wouldn't get that now because it would all be CGI. Yeah. The, the fantastic thing about it is that it, it is real. And that just unbelievable.
1: I mean, there so was a, there was a part of me thinking, wow, what speakers do they have? that are that loud, obviously. It's artistic license (laughs) because there's no way they would be able to hear Ride of the Valkyries. But it's a very powerful, it's a powerful effect like when you have them in the choppers and then you have this school um, in, in North Vietnam and you just hear Ride of the Valkyries in the background coming up louder and louder and then these explosions start happening and chaos ensues. It's an incredibly powerful scene and obviously like we've talked about the crazy commander in (laughs) there who's like i love the smell of napalm in the morning obviously one of the most famous quotes um in cinema history uh and he's i forgot completely in this film how obsessed he is with surfing Um, how weird is that it is absolutely so weird bizarre it is so seeing them
2: surfing while like
1: bombs are dropping you're just like (laughs) It's this is like this is the, like, the
2: madness has started. Like the madness is already here before we oh even go up God. the river. It's but I think that's part bonkers. of the power
0: of the film, is that you know, you Len, you were saying about uh, well, I think both of you have said it, but about how you know there were parts of Vietnam during the war where it was just barely any action, a lot of kind of party kind of shit, all, and then other areas that were horrific. You see that even in this this journey, you know, you get that really quick switch between they're all pissed about surfing and then all of a sudden everything's like on fire and it and it is i suppose that that madness is everywhere it pervades every scene of this film there is no one scene where you don't see someone or something that says everyone's losing it a bit yeah and yeah. i think that's that's what makes it really um engaging because you're you're always on the edge of your seat um I'll give a a notable mention, uh, not necessarily a performance, but to the soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. The music behind this film is so good. So good. Uh, Just every single piece of it, fantastic. I mean, at one point, there's Susie Q comes on and and you're like, brilliant, great. We've got a bit of The Doors. Got to have The Doors in Vietnam. pre in Vietnam.
1: But like I was talking about, it's the synth stuff that really makes it Mm. distorted. Like it just it's just completely bizarre. Um, it there's a lot of like horror strings in there as well at times. Crescendo- well, you mentioned
0: Kubrick, and I, yeah, I get what you mean. By
1: crescendos that. of Kubrick style, uh, you know, talking about films like The Shining, um, of of high strings that create this and pizzicato strings and synth that make it feel horrific and completely disjointed and sort of futuristic dystopian like it's got that feel to it and 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 i think as much as the sort of classic 70s tracks that are in there and late 60s tracks it it's the actual general soundtrack for me that with the images of these red and purple and yellow flares and just, just crazy imagery that really sort of sell it to like this next level where I'm just like, Jesus, this is bizarre. Like to, you know, my brain doesn't know what's going on.
0: The atmosphere that's created by the soundtrack, the sound effects and the cinematography and the visual effects all combines to really immerse oh, yeah. you in in the feeling of the film. And that is fantastic. I reckon it, seeing this in the cinema would have been
1: mind-blowing. Like at the yeah. time.
0: Oh, can you imagine that? Like at That would have been amazing.
1: There's some films that you just like, Throughout history, we like, that would have blown people's minds. Films like science fiction films like Alien, uh, even like Blade Runner that we talked about, uh, aliens. Seeing something like this for a wartime like epic, you would just be like, you feel like you're there in 1979. You know, mm. that's insane. Especially, a, it would being have been incredible, So yeah.
2: close to the end of the war as well, really. Exactly. Like you said, Len, to go on, when did it end? 74? 75? Yeah, something like that.
1: So, yeah, I think it's if it ever ended, yeah. but well, um, yeah, exactly.
2: Not for the people that went there, but yeah, just to then go and make this film. I think it was filmed in the Philippines, wasn't it? But brave,
0: yeah, crazy to look back on now. Well, does anybody have any other scenes or notable performances they'd like to shout out before we move on to the quiz to prove not that I think we need to that Lucy has watched film? I have one. watched it. Um, I think we were saying
2: like Robert Duvall. That is a really sort of iconic performance just of like American jingoism and just, yeah, we're in the middle of the war, but I want to surf. And that's my priority now is that is surfing. So that's a very, we have mentioned it, but yeah, just to double down on that manic yeah. performance.
1: Yeah. I, I I think, you know, as much as there is ramblings of absolute madness, which I guess was in the script, but also, you know, improv from Brando, which we've now agreed, we cannot say just Brando, so Marlon Brando. Um, just for those ramblings, doesn't sound right, does it? No, just for those ramblings alone, he is so. I found him very imposing. I found him to be very. Um, I don't know, just like you said, Lucy's screen presence is. You just you don't you can't buy that. You can't teach that. That is just no, that is there. That's there. Um, and obviously, Martin Sheen does a fantastic job without saying much in this film. The voiceover is um, very good. Uh, just the vo- just the. Script. Do you want an
0: interesting tidbit about the voiceover? Go on. So, um, at one point, when Martin Sheen had his heart attack and wasn't able to, someone film, else
1: did it. Uh, <laughs> do you know who it was? Uh, I, I I do know this, and I cannot his remember his son it Charlie.
0: Life. No, it was his uh, <laughs> it was his bro jo- Joe Estevez,
1: ah, Oh Ah, um, who
0: did half of the pretty much half of the voiceover work. Um, but also body doubled for him um, when he wasn't able to be there because of his heart attack, which I think is brilliant. Like that Again, brilliant. the stuff around this film is fascinating. So yeah. there
1: you go. Um, no,
0: Honourable mention for Joe Estevez.
1: <laughs> uh, and and honestly, like I know there's, we'll just quickly breeze through this, but Chef, great, absolutely insane character. Um, you know, when his head you gets... you feel for him, though? Did, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh, this is how you should be reacting
2: to what's <laughs> happening. That's realistic, uh, yep.
1: Yeah, when his head gets cut off. And, you know, there's a part of me going, when... I cried. (laughs) Kurtz is like, do you think I'm insane or something? He says something like that. And I was thinking in my head, well, the moment I saw the chopped heads on, like, just the floor everywhere. Yes, you're totally fucking bananas. But Um, I also
2: love Lance and how he's just like, "What? I get to take my clothes off and put paint on myself. Yep, I'm here. I'm, like, fully up there. Where's that
0: acid? He's just like, yeah,
2: I'll just fit in, like, quite simple-minded and just like, yep. All right, sacrifice the water buffalo. Yeah, I'm up for it. He slept. That was real. Yeah, I
0: mean, it was just disturbing. It looked looked one last notable scene. I don't know, I don't know if it's in the in the Redux or the version that you guys watched, but um, there is a tiny little bit where Lance has dropped the last of his acid, and he's got a purple flare, and he's just like standing on the edge of the boat, boat. purple haze. Fucking brilliant!
1: It is amazing. Uh, visually, like I said, the flares are incredible. They add such a a, a vibrancy to the terrifying mm, landscape to the green that that yeah, it's just an ingenious you know, they did use flares, obviously for airstrikes, for you know people collecting uh, injured soldiers um, and to use the the flares that they did here recreationally on the boat and you know, it, the colors <laughs> it a dumb idea. In, Yeah, the colours were insane, and um, you know, yeah, cinematography once again best I've seen in in an old style, you know, an old style film for a very long time.
0: Well, thank you guys, but it is time for the quiz, right? Uh, I'm really scared because I haven't seen it like now. Lucy's gonna be fine, mate. You're gonna be totally. Oh, don't make Uh, it
1: easy. Come on. There are
0: there are six. Six questions. Lucy has to answer at least three of them correctly Correct, in order yeah. to prove that she has watched this film uh, without um, having to watch it again, which I don't I think she I wouldn't even might. mind watching this it clarify, so... She has
1: to watch it again if she gets this wrong. No, yeah, Lucy, come on. I don't on. mind. It's good. It's a punishment. It's a punishment, so whatever.
2: It's not, though. This is a good film. So... Okay. You, ha- you have to watch the I final cut. I want to win, cut. though.
1: Oh, my okay, God. No, yeah, you, yeah, okay. yeah. You've got to watch the three hours of a
2: let's get this quiz, then. Here we go.
0: So, question number one Lucy. On their journey through Vietnam, the team or the group stop at a large army base and meet some of the playmates, Playboy Girls. Yeah. Can you tell me? One of the months to which those playmates are assigned. Right, that's that is hard. So, I don't know.
2: I'm just gonna pick a month. Um, May. Fuck me.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> is that right? You're correct. August and May. Yeah. I was you got say August. Have, how did you get that? Um, well, there's twelve months, and I just thought it'll be a summery one. So May she's got a one in. She's got a
1: one in six one in chance 12. ever. Oh yeah. One, one in, in six. six.
2: Yeah. For the summer. Yeah
1: well done Lucy roll the dice people
0: roll the dice see I told you they weren't all going to be easy okay Uh, question number two chef has a unique culinary skill what is it he's from like New Orleans so I'm going
2: to say like gumbo or what else is it called
1: can I jump in please well, I'm
0: afraid you are incorrect, Lucy. Yeah. And Len, could you tell us what he is?
1: He's a saucier, which means he specializes. Oh. In which means sauces. he
0: specializes in sauces.
2: Well, a gumbo yes. is kind of a sauce, so I feel like half. Point. I think that's
1: more of like a soup, isn't it, or like a kind of. I
0: thought that was an it's
2: easy like one, Lucy. To be
1: honest, I haven't a stew, seen it yes.
2: for like a month, so
0: no, I don't remember <laughs> that he was a saucier, and I haven't got any memory. Um, okay, number three. What book by Joseph Conrad is a film said to be somewhat based on? Heart of Darkness. Correct.
1: That's too easy. Question That's number
0: four. <laughs> yeah. But cruise. it was in there. It was in there. And I've used some of my other facts. Uh-huh. Uh, question number four. What What is the code to order the airstrike on Kurtz's camp? No, I don't know. Uh, Operation
2: um... <laughs> Surf. I don't know. Oh okay, my god! No, it is not it, Operation Surf Language. An A. I guess. Does it begin with an A?
1: Yes, an it. Apocalypse. Damn it.
2: No. <laughs> no. That
1: would be good if it was uh, Apocalypse. Op- now.
0: It would. It, it is Almighty.
1: Almighty. That's it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, mm. I knew it was an A. Didn't okay. um, remember that. Yeah.
0: Two questions left. One point required, Lucy.
1: Oh, Jesus, Struggle Street. No two. Yeah, oh, I've got, two. got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, one, yeah. One out of right. two. Okay.
0: Okay. Question number five. What are Kurtz's last words that we hear repeated? The horror. The 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 horror. Yeah. All right. Okay, phew. And question number six. Lance is well known for what sport? Oh, Oh, fuck off.
1: Just hand it to her. I saved an
0: easy one for the end. I didn't shambles. well. I didn't think she'd get the shambles. playmate months. To be fair, yeah. I mean, that was uh, well a guess. done, Lucy. <laughs> Thank you. No, you're not a
1: shambles, Lucy. Emma's a shambles. Four out of six. It's
0: not a shambles. It's a shambles that you didn't get sauces. To be honest, um, oh, yeah. but you managed True. to guess May. So um, <laughs> yeah. congratulations. Skills. Thank you. Would anyone like my bonus questions? Yeah, nah,
1: go on. Right. See if
0: I can do any better with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one bonus question. Okay. Uh, on the journey towards Cambodia, the team stopped to raid a Vietnamese boat for food and supplies. What surprise do they find once they shot everyone? puppy. Yeah. And the puppy doesn't, well, we don't see it die, so.
2: No, I'm
1: dies off to, camera. It's still alive. Yeah. yeah it's up. Alive. That's wishful
0: thinking. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Lucy, well done for passing thank you. the quiz. Uh, it's, it's impressive. Tough. And actually, it's been a thoroughly enjoyable hour talking about I was about to say The Heart of Darkness then. No, Apocalypse it's Now. Not. Um, really, really thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, so I suppose all that remains uh, is to reveal oh, yeah. slash see if we can find another Hutherfusna. Um, yeah, what's this one you haven't now seen? Now I then? have one. Go on. So I'm I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes website uh, yeah. for Apocalypse Good Now. Good website. Scroll yeah. down. You might also like... I've never seen L.A. Confidential. What?
1: That is bizarre.
0: I love that film. And, that's like one of my favourite films. Oh, like, we'll
1: happily do that. That's a great film.
0: I don't know... Oh, man. How? What a classy film.
1: Yeah, we'll do that. So, we'll do that. L.A. Confidential. I think we
0: might have to do that next time. That's month, a good yeah. throwback
1: as well. Like, that, that'll that take me back. That's got some memories. Well, it was at
0: 90, 97. Uh, 99% fresh. It's so good. I watched it, um, you know, when we were
2: doing on Twitter, like recommend a film I actually watched it in the in lockdown like last year because it's just
1: lockdown like I was Um,
0: looking at the cast I was like Guy Pearce lovely Kim Basinger great Russell Crowe Danny DeVito Kevin Spacey but you know it's still I wasn't going to mention Spacey he's very good Um, in it unfortunately
1: yeah so Um, I'm
0: I'm looking forward to that actually Uh, so there you go how the fuck have I not seen that I'm excited because I love it
1: okay guys tune in for that also just to say that we have completely rebranded Fan Critical in a way. Not really in a way, but in a way. So now we release an episode once per week. Uh, If you do want to catch up on previous content, we release a a monthly schedule. This month already we have had our new show, Not All Sequels Are Created Equal, where two of our members pitch uh, sequels to films that never had one, and we choose the winner. We've also had 60 Minutes to Midnight, the show where John, myself, and Gareth... Uh, just discuss what we've been watching and general life stuff. Um, you know, that, it's a bit more chilled vibe, unscripted in a way. Not that this is scripted because it's definitely not. Um, definitely and not. Emma and <laughs> Emran, and Lucy have their own show coming up later this month too. So do check that out. Yep. And Checking um,
0: next week for something for old that. and something new. Yeah, Yeah, that's the name.
1: Um, we've got a name. So, something old and something new. You've heard it here first. Um, so yes, please do check those shows out. Please do subscribe. Please do go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical and sponsor us with any dollary dues, dollars bucks. Um, that would be amazing. Uh, thanks. Shout to out
0: this week to Richard Carroll. Of our course. Our boy. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Very you. Much. Thank, you thank, thank you, Richard. For
1: the support bro. Uh, massively appreciate that. No, you're a big fan of the content. Know you listen to the stuff. So thank you so much for, uh, for the, for the donation. Um, It will not go to waste. I promise you that. It will not all go towards John's Beer Fund. Don't worry. Uh, What I will say is the money that people have donated has enabled us to um, create this new schedule, come up with new show ideas and try and give you guys content in a time when content is kind of light in a way, um, just because of COVID and stuff like that. I know we're coming out at the end of it now. Hopefully, touch wood, fingers crossed. But the donations have enabled us to do all of those things so thank you so much um and as I said if you do want to sponsor us and you do enjoy the content you do enjoy the discussion patreon.com forward slash fan critical
0: and all that remains to say is thank you to both Lucy and Len and of course myself Emma um thanks for Emma joining me to talk about apocalypse now and uh yep yeah, tune into all that content 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 into all that content. content content and we'll see you soon Bye. see you soon guys
1: Dora. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: what a shot. Outstanding, Red Team. Outstanding. Get your case of beer for that one.